0: Hello and welcome back to Coco Sleep, a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. We're off on our worldly travels again tonight, this time to a land where the desert sands are warm underfoot and the sky above is a vast, dark, twinkling blanket of stars. Beneath the stars and nestled sleepily in a bed made of fragrant rose petals, is our friendly camel, called Cuthbert, and his fluffy feline friend, Clove. The camel and little ginger cat are about to embark on a beautiful, slow adventure across the desert, following a magical shooting star. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month, and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Close your eyes and take some lovely deep breaths in and out. Relax your hands and feet and have a little wriggle if you need. Okay, now you're really comfy I'm going to begin Cuthbert the Camel's Moonlit Journey by Susanna McLaughlin. In a bustling city in Morocco, there lived a friendly camel called Cuthbert. Cuthbert was a huge golden camel with velvety fur and big brown eyes. He had long, stilt-like legs and a ginormous hump which pointed up into the sky. He had a long, soft brown nose and chomping teeth that jutted out underneath it. Cuthbert lived on the edge of the city, ready to help anyone who needed him to carry things into the desert. There were many camels who lived there on the edge of town, eager to lend their assistance and clomp out into the fluffy sand with food, tents and blankets strapped over their humps. Cuthbert loved helping others, and rewarded himself by relaxing with his camel friends, chewing on the big bundles of golden grass given to them in thanks for their service. Cuthbert was a calm and peaceful camel, whose absolute favourite thing to do was to meditate. He could often be found sitting in the middle of the busiest streets with the calmest, most zen expression on his face. His secret to staying so very zen was watching the sky. He would look up into the darkness, take big, peaceful breaths in and out, and quietly ponder the craters of the moon. One night, he was standing in the corner of the bustling market square, watching the moon begin to rise, when he saw something quite special. A shooting star. Cuthbert often saw shooting stars, and he always made sure to use them to make special wishes. But this one was a little different. It was blue. A beautiful glowing streak of the brightest blue had flown across the sky, disappearing behind a large hill way out on the horizon. As he mulled over this unusual star, chomping on some hay as he thought, his friend Clove entered the square, shimmying down a drainpipe and standing at his feet. She wished him a good evening, and he said hello in return. Clove was a beautiful orange cat with streaks of caramel and smudges of white in her coat. She had a tiny pink nose and almond-shaped green eyes. Clove was a very tiny cat, but she wasn't shy at all. She was always exploring the town, chatting with every animal that she saw. She visited the camels often, sometimes even taking rides into the desert on their backs. Clove said that Cuthbert had a funny expression on his face, like he was thinking really hard. I am, Cuthbert said. He told her about the perplexing star he had seen whizzing across the sky. Clove gasped, her eyes widened, shining in the moonlight. I know what that was. She said. She was so excited that her next words rushed out of her like a torrent of fireworks. Clove explained that she had heard a rumor from a bleating group of sheep way over on the other side of town many years ago. The sheep told her of a special place, the Blue Town. Ever since, Clove had been desperate to go there. But the only way to find the Blue Town was to follow a special blue shooting star. And she'd never met anyone who'd seen one. She told Cuthbert that they must follow it. She said he would love it in the blue town. Anybody would. Cuthbert took this in, furrowing his shaggy eyebrows. He had never heard of the place. Cuthbert asked clove, What else she knew about this special town? A dreamy look took over the little cat's eyes. She smiled and began to speak with a softness to her voice, clasping her little paws together at her heart. The blue town is like a regular town, Clove told him, but blue. Every single one of its little square buildings is painted in the most beautiful azure blue, like the sky on the clearest, most beautiful day of the year. The town is peaceful but bustling, with people selling the most colourful crafts and paintings amongst winding cobbled streets. The people there are very kind and cats flock there from all over the country to get pats and tickles and scraps of delicious food. Most of the time, the streets are bathed in shimmering golden sunlight, but the town is most beautiful at night. At night, hundreds and thousands of twinkling stars took over the sky, and a huge blue moon rose to hang amongst them. Cuthbert thought it sounded amazing. Hundreds and thousands of stars? He could count those forever, meditating under the blue moon. He looked up at the stars above him now and took a quiet minute to think about the adventure that lay before him. He had been very lucky to see this shooting star, and he felt in his heart that the right thing to do was to follow it. He told Clove this, and she rubbed against his leg in affection. I knew you were an adventurous camel, she said. What a dream come true. I am going to the Blue Town." Clove and Cuthbert went back to their homes and packed their bags. Clove picked some delicious snacks and her favourite blanket and tied them up in a silk handkerchief which she tied to the end of a stick and slung over her shoulder. All Cuthbert needed was his sunglasses and he was ready to go. They said goodbye to their friends who promised to visit them as soon as possible. They said they would be checking their letterboxes every day, excited to receive the postcards that would mark the two animals' arrival there. When they were ready to go, Cuthbert and Clove met up again at the edge of town. Clove hopped up onto Cuthbert's back. She found a comfy spot atop his hump where she had the best view of the passing scenery and the two friends set off towards the hill at the end of the desert, beginning their search for the blue town. As Cuthbert plodded across the sand under the emerging stars, Clove enjoyed the gentle rocking of his walk. She sat back, crossed her paws behind her head, and relaxed. She chatted, as cats do as they journeyed. Clove said she had grown tired of the noise of their busy city. The city was full of zooming motorbikes and honking cars, busy vendors, and lots and lots of people and animals. She did love their home there. The streets were full of delicious smells and vibrant colors. The noisiness was mostly made up of heartwarming laughter and shouts of hello and good evening. There were tall palm trees there, ancient buildings and gardens to explore, and lots of friends to be made. She knew little sandy dogs and clucking chickens and cats of every size and color. She would miss the huge storks who built their nests on the rooftops. They would chat with Clove as she shimmied up ledges and hopped from windowsill to windowsill, peeking down chimneys and looking out at the narrow streets below. Maybe they could use their enormous wings to visit her in her new home. Cuthbert smiled as Clove chatted on about their friends and the sights of their city. After a few hours, Cuthbert and Clove had made it over rolling sand dunes, walking up and down, up and down, until they reached a big hill which rose from the horizon. Cuthbert took some deep breaths to prepare for the climb. Before slowly and steadily huffing and puffing his way up the hill, Clove was first to see over the top of the hill as she was perched on the highest peak of Cuthbert's hump. She gasped and put her little orange paw to her mouth. There, below them, was the end of the desert. The sand, turned into dusty ground, which was patchworked with fields stretching out for miles towards the greener hills in the distance. Cuthbert and Clove sat on the hill for a while, looking at the view. As they enjoyed their rest, a little lizard came plodding over and plopped down in the sand next to them. She was a very wide lizard with shiny orange and green scales and a fat little tail. She had a pink tongue and shiny blue eyes. They all said hello, and the lizard introduced herself as Layla. Layla lived here on the hill at the edge of the desert. She liked burying herself in the warm sand and snoozing all day long. Clove nodded. She said she loved snoozing in the sun too. In fact, that was her favorite thing to do too. That is actually one of the reasons that we're going to the blue town, Clove said to Layla. It's very sunny there, and the sunshine is extra golden. Layla nodded. Oh yes, she said wisely. And The air is warm with magic. Clove's eyes opened wide. Magic? She hadn't heard anything about magic. Layla smiled knowingly. She told Cuthbert and Clove that she had heard that the blue town was alive with magic. The air practically sparkled with it. She said wishes came true there every day. She said flowers grew faster there, and little sparkling stars whizzed past you on the breeze. Clove couldn't believe it. Magic. That was beyond her wildest dreams. Cuthbert raised his hairy eyebrow. It sounded very nice indeed. Layla said that lots of magical animals passed through to go to the blue town, but unfortunately, the journey was just too long for her little legs. Cuthbert and Clove smiled, and without any hesitation, told Layla to hop on board and come with them. Layla was thrilled. She thanked the kind camel and clambered onto his back. She chose to sit in the tufty spot right on top of his head where she curled up and got comfy, ready to journey on. Soon, the three friends found themselves passing through the most beautiful fields of roses. Most of them were pink, but clove spotted roses of all the colours of the rainbow. The most delicious scent "'wafted from their delicate petals. "'The flowers stretched as far as their eyes could see. "'It seemed that sparkly fairy dust "'was swirling up from the roses "'and twirling in little rainbow clouds in the air. "'Layla stuck out her long pink tongue, "'concentrating on something. "'After a minute,' She nodded her flat head and said confidently, I detect magic in the air. Cuthbert moved closer to the edge of the path, inspecting the sea of roses. Do you hear that? Clove asked. They all went quiet and stretched their ears towards the sound. Cuthbert and Layla could hear it too, a little twinkling noise and a tittering squeak, as if tiny birds were chattering to each other. As they listened even closer, they began to make out the sounds of words. It wasn't birds, it was fairies. As the animals realised this, They saw movement amongst the roses. Little figures were flying amongst their stems and around their petals. Suddenly, one zoomed out from the white rose closest to Cuthbert. The little fairy had been hard to see because he was wearing an outfit made completely from white rose petals sewn with little threads of silk he had what looked like an upside-down flower perched on his head as a soft, sweet-smelling hat. He said hello to the animals and zoomed around them, sprinkling rainbow dust on their bodies. As soon as it hit them, a warm and cosy feeling spread through their bodies, from their tippy-toes all the way to their heads. Cuthbert even felt it at the tuft on the end of his tail. The fairy called out and hundreds of fairies rose from the roses, each wearing a flower hat of a different colour, in all shades of pink, red, blue, yellow, orange and purple. They all chattered with the three animals and showed them their flying tricks flying around their heads and doing little somersaults in the air. Cuthbert watched and giggled along for a little while, but he was a little worn out from the journey and didn't feel particularly chatty. He was slowly blinking his big brown eyes and beginning to droop his long neck towards the floor nodding off while still standing. A fairy dressed in ruby red noticed that the animals looked sleepy from their journey. She knew they had much further to go and thought it was time for them to rest. Come on, friends, she said. It's time for a nap. The fairy led them into the edge of the field, through the wall of roses. She took them to a hidden clearing where hundreds and thousands of soft, velvety rose petals were piled into heaps. It was the softest, sweetest-smelling bed that any of the animals had ever laid in, clove flexed her paws, kneading the petals and purring, before curling up into a ball and wrapping her tail around her, ready to sleep. Layla ran and jumped into a heap of petals, flopping onto her belly with her little arms and legs sticking straight out around her. Cuthbert sank into the bed, lay his head down and closed his big brown eyes. The fairy smiled and covered them all in fairy dust. She wanted to make sure that they had the most lovely, relaxing, dream-filled sleep so that they arose ready to finish their journey. Cuthbert slowly awoke many hours later, feeling happy and refreshed. Every part of his body felt so incredibly relaxed that he thought he could float. He had dreamt he was swimming in a pool with his new friends, relaxing in the sun with his sunglasses on and eating wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow. Of golden, crispy hay. It was blissful. Layla and Clove had started to stir too. Stars were still shining over their heads. Cuthbert was confused. What time was it? What time was it? As he wrinkled his nose and wriggled his toes, the little fairy flew into sight emerging from a huge red rose. She said good evening to the animals and told them that they had slept through the whole day. Wow, Cuthbert thought. No wonder he felt so good. Layla, Clove and Cuthbert ate breakfast with the fairies before the little cat and lizard climbed back aboard the camel's back, ready to set out on their path. The fairies flew with them until they reached the end of the rose fields. There, the fairies floated together in a cloud of fairy dust, waving goodbye until the animals were out of sight. The three friends had so enjoyed their time staying with the fairies, but they were bursting with energy from their long slumber and were happy to journey on towards the blue town. As they walked, another blue shooting star jetted overhead, showing them the way. It was a beautiful clear night, perfect for walking. Not far from the rose fields, the path began to twist and rise up towards the rolling hills and orange rocky mountains. It was greener here, and Clove marvelled at the huge palm trees that swayed overhead. They were much taller than in the city. They plodded up and plodded down, hill after hill enjoying the trill of crickets and soft coos of sleepy birds amongst the palm trees. The air was still and warm, and Clove and Layla laid back and began to count the stars. Once they had counted 504, Cuthbert interrupted their game with an excited gasp. He had seen something on the road ahead. They all looked together. Not far up the hill stood a beautiful palace. The walls were white and shiny and carved with all sorts of patterns. There were two big wooden doors with brass knockers on the front. Cuthbert said he had never been in a palace before and that one looked particularly grand and inviting. Perhaps they could knock on the door and see if anyone was home? Clove purred with excitement, and Layla wagged her little lizard tail. Before long, they reached the palace. It was even bigger up close, and the stone walls were sparkling in the moonlight. They knocked on the door, which swung open as if by magic, releasing poofs of golden, shimmering dust out into the air. As the sparkling cloud cleared, the animals entered the palace. They explored the palace until they reached a huge rectangle courtyard. It was very pretty, with little potted trees and a big, sparkling, turquoise swimming pool. There was a little table set up next to the pool, with two tiny chairs and one very large one. The animals sat down. The chairs were the perfect size for each of them, and very comfortable. As they rested, they heard a twinkling sound. And in a little firework of golden sparks, a crystal tea set appeared on the table. It was full of sweet, warm mint tea. As they gasped, another little pop of sparkles burst out of the table, and a big sugar dusted cake appeared, covered in juicy red strawberries. It was a very special magical treat. The three friends enjoyed their tea and cake and said thank you to the magical palace. As they did, little fireworks fizzed across the ceiling. They giggled and said goodbye, passing through the big wooden door and continuing on their journey. As they walked on, the path rose higher through the trees, up into the mountains. Then the path ended. They had reached a huge canyon made of orange dusty rock which rose high in the air above them. Cuthbert scratched his head. He was good at climbing hills but this was simply too steep. A glittering stream stretched along in front of the wall heading down the hill and then curving around the canyon. The water was a brighter blue than Cuthbert had ever seen and glowed as if made of moonlight. Cuthbert had a feeling in his heart. It told him that this stream must head to the blue town. Clove gulped. She didn't like getting her fur wet. She looked upstream, where a green bush grew over the water. Or was it a bush? Looking closer, she saw that it wasn't a plant at all, but a boat made from woven palm fronds. It was bobbing there patiently, as if waiting for someone. They moved closer. Laying in the boat were three shiny blue tickets. Cuthbert lowered his head towards them and Layla scurried down, landing in the boat. She picked up the tickets and gasped. One said Cuthbert, one said Clove and one said Layla. All the animals laughed. The blue town was magical, after all, and it was waiting for them. They all climbed carefully into the boat. Clove squeaked a little as the boat rocked each time Cuthbert placed each of his four legs aboard. But once they had settled and began drifting down the stream, she purred happily. They all smiled and watched the moonlight dancing on the water, pointing out the blue and silver fish that darted below. After a couple of long, soothing hours drifting along the bubbling stream, Cuthbert pointed one hoof into the distance. Clove clambered up onto his head to get a good view. There it was, the blue town. It was so bright and beautiful, with carefully painted houses in every shade of blue. A sparkling, glowing river drifted through the middle of town, and golden lanterns lit up every street. The animals soon arrived at the edge of town, where they climbed from the boat and stretched their limbs. What a long journey. The three friends were excited to explore, but soon realised how sleepy they were. As Cuthbert yawned a huge, long yawn, they heard a twinkling sound and turned around to see a white billowing tent appear behind them. It was full of soft silver silk pillows, and big squishy blue blankets for them to snuggle into. Cuthbert, Clove, and Layla crawled into the tent, and each chose a comfy spot to cuddle up in. Before they could even wish one another goodnight, each of the animals was snoring peacefully. The next morning, Cuthbert, Clove and Layla explored their new home. A crowd of cats had woken them in the morning, meowing softly outside the tent. They emerged to the kind cats, calling out, Welcome, and rubbing against them with their soft fur. They could tell that they would make lots of friends here. As they strolled through the streets, people patted Cuthbert on the head, tickled clove behind her ears, and smiled at Layla and complimented her beautiful colors they were given delicious drinks of tea and saucers of cool water and milk wherever they went best of all the rumors had all been true the air was full of magic there all the animals had to do was make a wish and with a tinkling noise and burst of fairy dust, it would come true. Clove used her first wish to give Cuthbert a colourfully beaded pair of sandals to thank him for bringing them on this long journey. Cuthbert put them on his front feet, feeling warm and fuzzy in his heart, since Clove had been so thoughtful towards him. Seeing Cuthbert with two feet left bare, Layla closed her eyes and made her first wish too. Soon, he had four jazzy shoes, and he felt like he could walk for miles and miles, should he feel like it. That afternoon... Clove popped into the post office and sent a postcard to her friends in the city. She wrote that they couldn't wait for them to visit and meet their new friends. She dipped her paw in silver ink and stamped the card with her paw print before popping the card in a shiny blue letterbox. The animals were so happy to have made the moonlit journey to the blue town and they could feel that they would have lots of adventures here. The three animals smiled at each other and carried on strolling along the blue sparkling river of their new home.